Blog Talk Radio. are listening to PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. This is Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. Thank you so much for being here with me and with us. I'm excited to share with you about the Book of Revelation. It is Sunday, July 23rd, 2023, and we'll be talking about numbers and the seven plagues prophecy. So the Book of Revelation has many Revelations that John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven. Some of those revelations include the 666 Antichrist prophecy and the Millennial Reign prophecy and the New Earth prophecy. In total, by my analysis, my perception is that there are 12 revelations, 12 visions John the Revelator was shown, 12 moving pictures with sound. Today we would call those movies, and not just a movie, but a specific kind of movie, a documentary. What do I mean by that? So John the Revelator was shown curated images created by an omniscient God, an all-knowing God, images that included key events from our soon coming future. And these key events include the second coming of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation has as its focal point the second coming of Jesus Christ. And by extension, that day. Over and over again in the Bible and in the book of Revelation, we see, and on that day, When you look at the books of the minor prophets repeatedly, I think it's at least 25 times, and on that day, and on that day, with that day being the day of the Battle of Armageddon, the day that Jesus Christ fights and wins a war waged in righteousness, the war to end all wars, the Battle of Armageddon. So today we're talking about one of, the moving pictures, one of the visions John was shown, you know, people talk about them as visions. And in reality, I I don't think that using the word vision is the right way to describe what John was shown. So he tells us first, not a vision, but what happens to him, how it all starts in chapter 1. And then in chapter 4, he's called up to heaven. So this is like part two of his supernatural experience with Jesus Christ. So he's called up to heaven. And he describes as if he was a journalist or um, a police officer. He actually gives a fantastic report of what he actually sees and hears in literal present heaven. What do I mean by that? the heaven that exists today, the heaven that 
he visited, uh, just the same as if you were to visit Canada today or you were to visit um, Mozambique today or you were to visit um, Ireland today. So he visited a specific physical location, heaven. He was called up to heaven, and he shares specifically what he saw and what he heard. Then, beginning with Revelation chapter 5, he's shown some moving pictures with words. So these weren't visions that he caused himself to have or visions that um, somehow were created as a result of what was happening internally. These were visions external to him that he was shown. In the same way that uh, you or I might go to see a movie, uh, later today I'm hoping to go see, we're going to go see, Daryl Paul and I, The Sound of Freedom. So maybe you're going to see Mission Impossible or The Sound of Freedom or the new Barbie movie. So when you go to the movies, you will see moving pictures with sound. So that is what John the Revelator experienced, but he didn't have the benefit of today's technology. So he didn't have a cell phone or a video camera or a computer to record the moving pictures with words that he was shown by the angel uh, who was directed to do that by Jesus Christ. So he did the next best thing. He used the technology that existed at that time, which was a writing utensil and some paper, maybe parchment. So he recorded to the best of his ability, as he was instructed to do, in chapter 1, he tells us that was instruction. So he followed that instruction, and he recorded the documentaries that he was shown. Now, he was shown these documentaries back to back to back to back to back. So the first one he was shown was the Seven Seals documentary. We could also refer to that as the Seven Seals prophecy. Then he's shown the Seven Trumpets prophecy. Then we get to the 1,260 Days prophecy. Then the 666 Antichrist prophecy, then the 144,000 First Fruits prophecy, then the Earth Reap prophecy, and now we're here at what we're going to talk about today. He was shown in Revelation chapter 15 and 16 is his report in words, the revelation, the moving picture with sound, the documentary he was shown of the seven final plagues. So this is the seven plagues prophecy. So we're going to hear his experience of uh, where he is, which is he's in heaven, and then he's going to report what he was shown while he's standing there in present heaven at that time. Let's get to it. Reading from the New Living Translation, here is the seven plagues prophecy in the book of Revelation beginning with chapter 15, is chapter 15 and 16, John the Revelator begins with, Then I saw in heaven another marvelous event of great significance. Seven angels were holding the seven last plagues, which would bring God's wrath to completion. I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire. And on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast 
and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them. And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, and for you alone are holy, all nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous deeds have been revealed. Let's pause there. So that is uh, Revelation chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. That's the beginning of the seven plagues prophecy. My perception is that every part of each documentary, each revelation, each moving picture with words that John the Revelator was shown, my perception is that there are two parts. So he's shown a movie trailer, and then he's shown the full movie or the full documentary, if you will. In professional writing, when there's a nonfiction report that's extremely complex, for example, if you were reading a research study and the Journal of the American Medical Association, it would have two parts. It would have an abstract, and then immediately following the abstract is the full report. And just like a movie, when we read the full report, some parts, if not many or all parts of the abstract, appear in the full report. So in that way, that's one of the secrets that we need to unlock the book of Revelation so that we're not confused. Um, We understand that the Battle of Armageddon doesn't happen six times. It happens one time. But if you see the movie trailer and then you see the full movie, you'll see that same scene maybe twice. And if you if you know that you're looking at 12 movies rather than one movie, 12 documentaries in the book of Revelation, you understand that some of the documentaries overlap in time. Okay, so we heard the first four, verse, first four verses of chapter 15. Now we're going to get into the full report. Here's what John the Revelator saw Saw, uh, but let's back up for a second just to summarize. What do we hear in those first four verses? So he's standing in heaven, and he saw that seven angels are in possession of the seven last plagues. He communicates to us that somehow he knows that with these seven last plagues comes the completion, the conclusion to the wrath of God. So the wrath of God has a starting point and an ending point, and it ends when these seven last plagues are through. Another interesting thing in this movie trailer is that there's a shout-out, and that there are at least three places in the book of Revelation where one specific subpopulation of those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, where this particular group is called out. What group am I talking about? 
During the Great Tribulation, the church will be here on this earth. How do we know that? Revelation 20, verse 4. And right here, Revelation 15, uh, verse 2, it says, I saw before me what seemed to be a glassy mixed with fire, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. Now, only Christians will be victorious over the Antichrist. Now, now let's see what do they mean by this. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, we have the answer to what is meant by that. How are they victorious? So Revelation 20, verse 4 says, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years so here we see two places where that same group, and there's a third place. There might be more than three places, but three places come to mind. We just heard two where a specific subgroup of those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life are given a shout out. So God draws to our attention the reality that during the Great Tribulation, there are Christians who will lose their lives. Yet, these Christians are victorious because they refuse the mark of the beast. They refuse to worship the statue of the beast commissioned by the false prophet. And they refuse to bow down to the statue. So they are victorious in that way. Let's continue. Here's the full report, beginning with verse 5 of chapter 15. Then I looked and saw the temple in heaven. God's tabernacle was thrown wide open. The seven angels who were holding the seven plagues came out of the temple. They were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chests. Then one of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. Let's summarize the second half of chapter 15. So prior to the seven plagues being poured out on this earth, what will happen as John the Revelator was shown, is that there are seven specific angels. Each angel has on the same outfit, spotless white linen and a gold sash. Each angel holds one bowl of plagues. So there's seven plagues. Each angel has a bowl that has one of the specific plagues. There's a reference here to 
four living beings. These four living beings were first mentioned in John's report on heaven in Revelation chapter 4. So in chapter 4, remember, this is John's report on heaven. That's the fourth part of the book of Revelation. And that's where he tells us how he was called up to heaven and he describes specifically what he saw actually and in reality when he was in heaven. One of the things that he describes is four living beings. Interestingly, he reports that uh, each of these living beings has six wings, and the wings are on the inside and the outside. So you and I have two eyes uh, only in the front, so we're not able to see, for example, exactly 180 degrees behind us. But these four living beings, having eyes on all six wings, on the inside and the outside, it sounds like they have 360-degree vision. I don't know if that's interesting to you, but I I think that's pretty interesting. You might also recall that he said the four living beings were different. One was like in, uh, like an eagle in flight. One had a face like a human. Uh, one was like a lion, and one was like an ox. And so... These four living beings are team Jesus. They are in the temple of God. They are key players uh, in these events. We know that they're key players because they're there when John the Revelator is called up to heaven, and then now they're here again at the point in the future. They're there again at the point in the future when the seven plagues the seven final plagues will be poured out now remember there's daniel's 70th week the final seven years immediately prior to the second coming of jesus christ in that final seven year period will be a three and a half year tribulation that number is given to us in revelation chapter 12 1260 days 42 months and it's given to us again in Revelation 13, three and a half years. So 1,260 days is 42 30-day months. Okay. So after the Great Tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan, is the seven final plagues, which is the wrath of God. The wrath of Satan is poured out upon those who are team Jesus. The wrath of God is poured out upon those who are team Satan. Now here in Revelation 15, in verses 5 to 8, we also have a report that in the future, after the Great Tribulation, so that's where we are in time, after the Great Tribulation, these seven angels are in the temple of God in present heaven. They're wearing their uh, their nice outfits, spotless white linen with the gold sash, sash. Each of the seven angels has that on. Then one of the four living beings, we're not told which one. We're not told whether it's the one that has a face like a human or that's like uh, an eagle in flight or who has the likeness of an ox. Uh, or a lion. We're not told which of the four living beings, but one of these four living beings that has six wings, and that is Team Jesus, 
is handed, um, hands each of the seven angels the gold bowl filled with the wrath of God. So all seven angels receives one bowl. And so because there are seven angels, each angel gets a bowl. That's a total of seven. So that one living being hands out all of the bowls, which are gold bowls, it says, and each one is filled with the wrath of God. After this happens, so after one of the four living beings hands out the seven bowls, some translations refer to it as seven vials, then the temple is filled with smoke from God's glory and power. Now, I heard one time, I heard a woman of God giving her testimony about how she was a, a young college student and she was in Christ and she had been invited to a party. She went to the party. They put on some secular music and she could see, she said, with her spiritual eyes, smoke filling the place as they played the music inspired by Satan. And she said it was um, it was smoke as if it was a concert, but you could only see it if you had spiritual eyes and it was black smoke. And she said it it resembled what you see, but it was a glory that emerges when you see uh, music inspired by Jesus, music inspired by God, that there's a counterfeit glory, uh, a, a satanic smoke that emerges from music inspired by Satan. So uh, interestingly, we're told here that at the time of the commencement, of the seven final plagues. So immediately when this thing kicks off, each of the seven angels gets the bowl that the angel's supposed to have. Then it's like a, it's like showtime and the glory of God uh, emerges and there's smoke from God's glory and power. So certainly uh, excitement, God's tangible glory uh, emerges. We're told in revelation 15, eight, and then, uh, it concludes with saying this event is so huge that no one's allowed to enter the temple of God in heaven until the seven angels have poured out the seven plagues. Okay, now let us continue. Revelation 16. Now recall, this is very important. This is very important. The great tribulation is tribulation for who? It's tribulation for those who are worshiping our one God in the rebuilt temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. So as you may know, the 10th red heifer, it appears, has been discovered. The red heifers are in Israel. That announcement, September 4th, 8th, 12th, and then September 15th, it culminated with the events with the red heifers uh, in Texas. Now the red heifers are in Israel. We believe that the 10th red heifer that will actually be used in the ceremonies that the priests perform, the Levitical priests will resume the sacrifices that were performed in the first temple. And then again, when the second temple was rebuilt by Zerubbabel uh, that was destroyed in 70 AD, we await the rebuilding of the third temple. Where? It's going to be rebuilt in Israel, on the Temple Mount, in the location that God has ordained. So we await the rebuilding of the temple, 
And now we're about to hear in Revelation 16 about the wrath of God. Now, the wrath of Satan precedes the wrath of God. It's a time of great tribulation for those people, the Jewish people, who will be worshiping our one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. They will be worshiping in the rebuilt temple described in the seven trumpets prophecy. And then the Antichrist will stand in that rebuilt temple. He will declare that he is God according to the book of Daniel and elsewhere in the Bible. He will defile the rebuilt temple. And then the nations will trample on the temple, we're told, in the seven trumpets prophecy in the book of Revelation. But the Antichrist will grow in power and dominion for a limited period of time. How much time? Well, we're told in Revelation 11, Revelation 12, and Revelation 13, only three and a half years, 1,260 days. So what happens after the Antichrist has ruled and reigned for 1,260 days? Well, the end comes with the Battle of Armageddon. So the Antichrist is ruling and reigning. His wrath comes upon the Jewish people, as described in Revelation chapter 12. And then uh, Satan, who has inspired his flunkies, the Antichrist and false prophet, the counterfeit trinity, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, the counterfeit trinity, so, as the Antichrist is ruling and reigning, his time is very short. And Satan knows that the time is very short. He attempts, he attempts to destroy Israel with the flood, it says at the end of Revelation chapter 12. You know, if enough water comes to a nation, it can destroy that location. And the Bible tells us, that Satan, the dragon, will seek to destroy Israel with water. And he will fail. How does he fail? Supernaturally, the ground opens up to receive so much water, so much water that unless the ground had opened up, the nation of Israel would have been destroyed. When this happens, Satan is humiliated and angry. He has failed again. It's right there at the end of Revelation chapter 12. And that's the exact moment in time when the war on Christians worldwide will begin during the rule and reign of the Antichrist. Now, when the Antichrist declares that he's God, it's not immediate. The immediate uh, war against Christians uh, doesn't happen then. He immediately wages war against the Jewish people. He defiles their temple. He stops the sacrifices. You know, the animal mafia is going to be angry. They're going to be showing these animal sacrifices on Al Jazeera, CNN, BBC, MSNBC, Fox News. And the people will say, oh, the poor animals, they're being destroyed, and it's not right in Israel, and this and that, and it's going to be a big uproar. So the Antichrist, we're told, he's going to put an end 
to the sacrifices of the Levitical uh, priests, the sacrifices that will have resumed. Now, during this time, again, the Antichrist first is going to declare war against the Jewish people. Then, at a certain point, Satan himself will attempt to destroy Israel during the reign of the Antichrist by natural disaster with water. When that fails, when that fails, that's the exact timing of the enlargement of the war on God's people from it being limited to God's people in Israel who have been worshiping him in the rebuilt temple to God's people who give testimony for Jesus Christ, Christians worldwide and everywhere. Now we're going to go, we're moving beyond the wrath of Satan to talk about the wrath of God. So the wrath of God, the wrath of God begins with the first plague and it ends with the seventh and final plague. Let's hear it. Revelation 16, verse 1. Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth. And horrible, malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Now, did you hear that? The wrath of God, the seven final plagues, the first thing that it does is that it causes a cancerous sore to break out on everyone who has the mark of the beast and who has worshipped the statue. Even, even if you are a truth seeker and you have not made the decision to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, you might reason I don't want a cancerous sore if the creator of the earth has decided that he's going to give every person who takes the mark of the beast a cancerous sore, let me not take the mark of the beast. You might reason that way. Now, of course, to me, the the larger issue is immortality, right? We all want immortality there's a man there's a very wealthy man uh there's one news organization that reports on him every couple of weeks um he has a team of more than a dozen medical doctors and scientists working to allow him he hopes to live to at least 150 one of the treatments that he did was he was getting blood transfusions from his 20 year old son uh he's doing all sorts of treatments he he reports that he's stopped that because there wasn't demonstrated efficacy for that particular treatment but let's say scientists could allow you or i to extend our lives to let's let's just be way out there and say 250 years 250 years um you know no doubt people would say that's amazing but Consider the reality of living 250,000 years, 250 million years. Every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life will live 
beyond time. So we are at the end of the age, and once we transition to the new earth, we're in the eternities of eternities. We're after the end of time. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What's that? That's the beginning of time, the beginning of the human experience that would ultimately yield a crop. What's the crop? God's forever family. So that's the beginning of time. What was before then? Eternity past. Now, that's the language Irvin Baxter used, eternity past. I really like that language. I think it captures an important concept. And most importantly, eternity future. Why should you have an endpoint with respect to uh, your physical body? God's perfect plan is for you to be three in one body, spirit, and soul, to live in a perfected, glorified, immortal, peak performance body. Every person can choose to accept or reject the opportunity to be a part of God's forever family, Uh, but it seems like most people want to be healthy, but really... Uh, Perfect health is achieved with that peak performance body, with that transition from mortality to immortality that happens at the second coming. Now, let's continue. We're here in Revelation 16 talking about the seven final plagues. The seven final plagues are the wrath of God. Who's appointed to the wrath of God? Those who are team Satan. Who's appointed to the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation? Those who are team Jesus. So now here we are. The wrath of God. It's for those who are team Satan. Let's continue. Verse 3 says, Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and everything in the sea died. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. And I heard the angel who had authority over all water saying, You are just, O Holy One, who is and who always was. Because you have sent these judgments. Now let's hear that. The seven final plagues are referred to here as judgments. Now who are the judgments for? Let's hear that. Continuing with verse 6. Since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is their just reward. So these judgments are for who? These judgments are for the people that shed the blood of God's holy people. So did God's holy people shed their own blood? Of course not. Those who are team Satan, those who are under the leadership of the Antichrist, who are participants in the false Christianity, the one world religion promoted by the harlot church at that time, Those are the individuals who will shed the blood of God's holy people and God's prophets. Recall in the seven trumpets prophecy that they shed the blood of the two witnesses, and then they celebrate when the two witnesses have been assassinated at their hands. They give gifts to each other. It tells us in the seven trumpets prophecy in the book of Revelation. So they have shed the blood of God's prophets and God's holy people. Who are God's holy people? Those 
who give witness for Jesus Christ and the testimony of Jesus Christ and those who are worshiping our one God in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem during the Great Tribulation. So it says that these plagues are judgments for those individuals and that specifically, first, the water with salt in it, the sea, is made to be like blood. Then the fresh water is made to be, be like blood. And this is a metaphor because they have shed the blood of God's holy people. So now God is giving them as a reward, as a consequence, as a judgment. He's giving them, quote, unquote, blood to drink. Now let's continue. Verse 7. And I heard a voice from the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Everyone was burned by this blast of heat. And they cursed the name of God, who had control over all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. Now, this right here, this is the first verse that caused me to begin to believe that the first resurrection happens prior to the pouring out of the seven final plagues. Now, I can't say for sure, but my perception when I carefully examine this, is that this has to mean that the timing is this. There's the first resurrection, there's the pouring out of the seven final plagues, and then there's the battle of Armageddon. You say, well, research scientists, where are you getting that from? It says here, everyone was burned by this blast of heat. In contrast to another place in the book of Revelation where it says everyone took the mark of the beast except those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. So earlier in the book of Revelation, in uh, I believe it's Revelation chapter 13, it says everyone, blah, 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 took the, name, uh, took the, took the mark of the beast except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But here... There's no qualifier. Everyone means everyone. Let's hear it again. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. So it's like, okay, there's no qualifier there. Everyone gets scorched with fire. Now, even if we only had that, we would know, well, this can't include God's people but it says everyone, so where are God's people when this happens? In other words, where are those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Because we were already told in this same documentary, in the same prophecy, that these plagues are judgments. And they're judgments not for every human being, but for those who shed the blood of God's holy people and his prophets. So God's holy people didn't shed the blood of his prophets. And the prophets don't shed the blood of God's holy people. And neither group sheds the blood of itself, right? So the people who shed the blood of God's holy people and God's prophets are those who are team Satan. So these judgments, these plagues, are for those who are team Satan. And so now where it says 
that when the angel pours out his bowl on the sun, that it scorches everyone with his fire, that suggests to me that everyone means everyone. And if it's everyone, then God's people are not here anymore. And if God's people are not here with him anymore, where are they? I believe that the first resurrection has happened. And when we hear the movie trailer for this prophecy, John tells us that everyone who was victorious, so everyone who died during the Great Tribulation, this specific group, he sees them all, and they're in some place that has a seed that looks like glass. So this is some place in heaven, and they're singing this special song. And we hear the lyrics. I wish I, someone had a, a version that they had made where it was singing so I could play that. So it appears that the movie trailer begins with showing us the reality that God's people have already participated in the resurrection, but we're not told about everyone who participated in the resurrection, but specifically about those individuals uh, who were martyred as a result of losing their lives due to their testimony and uh, for Jesus Christ during the Great Tribulation. Now, some of us, we will be here at the time of the second coming. We will also participate in the first resurrection, right? Uh, we know that from the New Testament. There's scripture that tells us, I tell you a secret, not everyone will fall asleep, but we will all be transformed in the blink of an eye. So there's some of us who will never, ever taste death. There's a, a group of Christians who will simply transition from mortality to immortality. When that trumpet blows, the sound of the seventh trumpet, our feet will rise second. But in the same timing, let's go back here. We're at the Revelation 16, verses 8 and 9. The wrath of God is being poured out on this present earth. Everyone is scorched with fire, the fire of the sun. It says everyone was burned by this blast of heat. Now, everyone means everyone. Now, here's another reason why we know that this doesn't include God's people. It doesn't include you or me or any person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We, we already, I think that's already clear, but just in case it wasn't clear, we're told this. And they, who's they? The people who were burned by the blast of heat, everyone, what did they do? They will curse the name of God who had control over all these plagues. Now, those who are team Jesus, we don't curse the name of God. We praise the name of God. We bless the name of God. We celebrate the name of God. We shout the name of God. We don't curse the name of God. So it's no way possible that this everyone includes those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Further, it says, they did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. Well, as you know, truth seeker and friend, the first step in salvation is repentance. The first step is repentance. These individuals don't repent of their sins, and they don't turn to God, and they don't give him glory. Uh, what are the three things that we do as Christians? We repent of our sins, we turn to God, and we give God glory. They don't do any of these things. So obviously, when it says 
everyone is burned with this blast of heat and they all curse the name of God. It doesn't include believers. Now let's continue. We've heard about the first four plagues. Now we're going to talk about the final three. So the first four talk about what happens in general. What's the experience for all who have taken the mark of the beast? What's the judgment for regular folks who have rejected God? They've taken the mark of the beast and they've worshipped the statue. But now we're moving beyond everyone. And now it's time for what do these judgments mean for the Antichrist? What do these judgments mean for the Battle of Armageddon? Because the culmination of all of this is the Battle of Armageddon. Because when Jesus Christ fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon, Israel is delivered. Israel is restored. The governments of men are put down. And the government of God, the kingdom of God, emerges on this present earth. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is Lord of all lords and king of all kings. Well, what does that mean? It means that when the government of Jesus Christ commences, when it begins on this present earth at that time, at that time, his authority will be realized. Not only will he be worshipped by everyone on the entire earth, but he will rule and reign. So Isaiah chapter 9 tells us that the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. So the wrath of God is happening. That's where we are. We're at that point in the future in the book of Revelation the Great Tribulation has started. We're in the thick of the Great Tribulation at a certain point. The, uh, the, after the Great Tribulation has ended, the first resurrection happens. The wrath of God begins. The first four plagues have consequences for everyone on the earth. Now we're going into the final three. So our question is, what do the final three plagues mean for the Antichrist in the Battle of Armageddon? Let's begin. Verse 10. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. So recall from Revelation 13, the 666 Antichrist prophecy. That's Revelation chapter 13. There's a ten-nation alliance, which is referred to as a beast. And then the Antichrist as the mouthpiece. Uh, who emerges as a mouthpiece for the Ten Nation Alliance, by extension, then he's referred to as the beast. So then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. What is it all saying? A blackout. This summer, no doubt, somewhere in the world, they'll say, oh, we're using up all our resources, this or that thing happens, there's been a blackout, and it'll be bad, and people will be hot, and it'll be a crisis, we'll say, what can we do so that this never happens again? Well, 
during the Great Tribulation, there will be a blackout, and it will be the result of the supernatural power of God. A blackout will happen in a specific location, which is where the headquarters of the Antichrist happens, where his throne is. So today, Joe Biden sits in his seat, which is in Washington, D.C. Prince Charles sits on his throne, which is in London, England. And we can go on and on like that. So when the Antichrist, as the leader of the Ten Nation Alliance, when he is in power, there will be a specific location, a specific nation and city that will house his headquarters. And there, a blackout will come. So what does that mean? That means uh, lack of power for computer systems for uh, street lights, for everything that requires power. Let's continue. His subjects, whose subjects? Those who are team Satan, those who are under the leadership of the Antichrist, ground their teeth in anguish, and they curse the God of heaven for their pains and sores. And this is really interesting. Remember, in, uh, when the first plague is poured out, Every person who has the mark of the beast gets a cancerous sore, a malignant sore. Now we're all the way here at the fifth, uh, the fifth plague, and they still have those sores. And in, in addition, pains are noted. So there's pain from the scorching of the sun. Perhaps there's pain, too, from the cancerous sores and who knows what else. And everyone who's taken the mark of the beast is referred to as his subject. So whether an individual is in Egypt, uh, in California, in Sudan, in Mexico, in Johannesburg, um, wherever the individual is, uh, Australia, if the individual takes the mark of the beast, that individual is considered a subject in the eyes of God of the Antichrist. His subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores, but they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. So the fifth plague is a blackout. Um, no doubt that's going to create a crisis for the Antichrist. Now, here's the interesting thing. It, God is saying, you've been in power. This is a metaphor for the, the, the fact that it's about to be lights out for you. It's time to power down your kingdom and I am coming for you. That is what God is announcing with this blackout. Now, for the people of God who know the secrets of the book of Revelation, when we see this happen, we won't be surprised. And we will uh, know what is happening. Now, let's continue. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River. And it dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouth of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty. So here's the first reference to the Battle of Armageddon. So what's happening here? The fifth final plague is a blackout of the headquarters of the Antichrist. The sixth final plague is drying up supernaturally. So we're not talking about low water levels decreasing by 50% or even 80% of the Euphrates River, right? So people have been talking about that. So that's not this. This is saying the Euphrates 
river is is drying up supernaturally to such an extent that the millions of people that will participate in those armies that invade Jerusalem to take over Israel, they will think it's some other kind of battle, but it will actually be the Battle of Armageddon, is drying up to such an extent that 100% of those armies will be able to enter Jerusalem to the precise appointed location uh, in Israel for the Battle of Armageddon. So the consequence of the sixth angel pouring out the sixth final plague is the Euphrates River being dried up because that is the path that God wants the Antichrist and the kings of the world and the armies to travel so they can get to that location where Jesus Christ is going to be when he descends from the cloud on the white horse, followed by the armies of heaven and his holy people. Okay, let's continue. Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. So after the Euphrates River dries up supernaturally, there will be some uh, miracles that are happening. These things will cause those who are team Satan to think that things are going in their favor, that things are working out. They're going to be very excited. They're going to be amped up. They're going to travel the path of the Euphrates River. That's going to be the way that they enter Israel. Let's continue. Verse 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bow into the air and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple saying, it is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed and a great earthquake struck. The worst since people were placed on the earth, the great city of Babylon split into three sections and the city of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So God remembered all of Babylon's sins and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were level. Let's pause there for a second. In the next prophecy that comes after this, in the next documentary John the Revelator was shown, there's a full explanation and report of what happens to Babylon Right here. So here we're getting a brief summary. We're told God remembered Babylon. Now, what's Babylon? Babylon is the headquarters of the Harlot Church. So the Harlot Church, which will promote the one world religion, the Harlot Church, led by the false prophet during the Great Tribulation, will promote a false Christianity. It will be a one-world religion. It will allow these other religions to come up under it. It will be the mother of uh, all of these abominations. And the headquarters of the harlot church is a city, we're told in Revelation chapter 17 and 18, the first five verses of 19. And the harlot church, the, its leadership in the church itself and its leader, the false prophet, are going to be destroyed. But right now, God is talking about the location of 
the Harlot Church, the headquarters of the Harlot Church. Now, isn't this interesting? Just thought about this. The headquarters of the Antichrist is mentioned. It's impacted when the fifth plague is poured out. And now when the seventh plague is poured out, uh, the headquarters of the Harlot Church is mentioned. Now, what does it mean that the Heinz 57 sauce is 57? Fifth plague, seventh plague, and then the ketchup is red. Am I going too far? Could you text me to tell me, am I going too far with that? Let me give you our PGN text number. Our PGN text number, 1-214-505-8719. Did you see that? Five, seven. Fifth plague, seventh plague. Headquarters of the Antichrist, headquarters of the Harlot Church. Heinz 57, the ketchup, it's red, the wrath of God. I don't know. I might be going too far with that. I don't know. That just uh, came to mind. Let's keep going with what we know for sure. Verse 20, we're in Revelation 16. It says, and every island disappeared. And all the mountains were leveled. There was a terrible hailstorm, and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. They cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm. Now, again, the seven final plagues are the wrath of God, and the wrath of God is appointed to those who are team Satan. Those who are team Satan are the individuals who are under the leadership of the Antichrist. Here, God describes them as the subjects of the Antichrist. They have taken his mark, the mark of the beast, and they have worshipped his statue. And now when the seventh and final plague is poured out, what do they do? They curse God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm. Now, it can't be that when the seventh and final plague is poured out that those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life curse God because those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we praise God. So it has to be, it has to be that the seventh and final plague singularly impacts those who are team Satan in the same way that the Great Tribulation singularly impacts those who are God's holy people and his prophets. The Great Tribulation is Satan's wrath, and Satan's wrath is for those who are team Jesus. We're told in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation 13, I want to go to it. Revelation 13, verses 9 and 10 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, God gives us an instruction. Many of you who are under uh, the sound of my voice, many of you, I believe, you and I will be here at the soon uh, coming time of the Great Tribulation when Israel is given the green light to rebuild its third temple. Zerubbabel built the second temple, and it was destroyed in 70 A.D. Then it was 170 A.D., 270, 370. Let's fast forward to 1770. We can maybe think about that time in the history books. Then there's 1870, 1970. Some of you were alive in 1970. Then it was 1980 up 
time for Michael Jackson. Then 1990, 2000, 2010, 2020, it's 2023. Are you aware that the blueprints for the temple that was last uh that was last in existence in 70 AD, the blueprints for the new temple exist. The location for the new temple has been identified. The priests who will conduct the ceremonies in the new temple have been trained. The red heifer whose ashes will be utilized during those ceremonies, that red heifer, we believe that it is present and it is in Israel today. It was transported to Israel from Texas in 2022, just last year. Now, during the Great Tribulation, what is your action item? What is my action item? What's the action item of every believer during the Great Tribulation? Well, we're told in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Let's go there now. Revelation 13. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. I believe that's you. No person listens to the book of the Revelation, book of Revelation, or reads the book of Revelation unless he or she has ears to hear. So, thank you friend and truth seeker. It says here, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. What's patiently? 1,260 days. So this isn't talking about persecution uh, today or persecution uh, 50 years ago or 1,000 years ago. Obviously, it's important to endure persecution if God's calling you to do that. But here in the 666 Antichrist prophecy in Revelation 13, it's talking precisely and specifically about what are we supposed to do during the 42 months that the Antichrist rules and reigns. Reigns. So it tells us earlier in 13.5, then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. And then in verse 7, and the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb. And then we're told about those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This means that God's holy people must Endure persecution patiently. Friend and truth seeker, you need to know. The church will be here during the Great Tribulation. We heard it today in the seven plagues prophecy, verse 2 of chapter 15. We heard it also in the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation 20, verse 4. And here in Revelation 13, 
Verses 9 and 10, the instruction is to endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. What does it mean to remain faithful? Keep giving testimony for Jesus Christ. Refuse the mark of the beast. Don't bow down to the statue of the beast that will be commissioned by the false prophet. I would love to hear questions, comments about the book of Revelation. If you have a question or comment, feel free to raise your hand. Uh, If you're listening by phone, many people listen by phone uh, and they choose to do that. You don't have to uh, connect live during the call. But if you want to do that, please press 1 so I'll know that you have a prayer request or that you want to present your perspective or perhaps you want to pose a question. I want to share with you what's coming up here on PGN. So this program, twice a week, every Sunday we're here, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, high noon Texas Time. That's 12 p.m. Central Time every Sunday. We've been doing that since December 27th of 2021. We're also here on Thursdays for a couple of weeks. Um, we're gonna we're now at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern. That's for a couple of weeks. Then I think we're going back to our other time on Thursday mornings. But Thursday morning, also, please feel free to join us. Now, what's coming up? So this month is July. July is the seventh month, so we're talking about the seventh prophecy in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapters 15 and 16, the seven final plagues, the seven plagues prophecy. In August, that's the eighth month of the year. We'll be talking about the eighth prophecy, the purple and scarlet prophecy. Now, I want to tell you, I never, never, never want to be divisive. It matters for Christians to love one another, to support one another. I never met anyone who has it 100% right. So my favorite Bible teacher is Irvin Baxter. I went to Jerusalem Prophecy College. I recommend it highly. But I don't think he got everything right. I think he got a lot of things right. He's the best teacher I ever had. I had some of the greats, some of the greats, I believe. He's the best teacher I ever had, secular um, or Christian. But I never met a person who has it all right. Only Jesus had 100% of everything right. That being said, I'm doing my best to get it right. I'm staying in the Word of God. I'm studying this book of Revelation. I'm staying in prayer. I'm sharing with you. I'm being transparent. I'm listening. I'm learning. I'm teaching. That's my assignment, to share secrets of the book of the Revelation, uh, book of Revelation with you. Now in August, we'll be talking about maybe the most controversial prophecy in the book of Revelation. That's the purple and scarlet prophecy. What are we unlocking? Where is the headquarters of the harlot church who is the false prophet what is the one world religion how does the antichrist connect to the false prophet what's the fate of the harlot church when and how will the harlot church be destroyed during the seven final plagues so we're going to be looking at revelation Chapter 17, 
Revelation chapter 18 and the first five verses of Revelation 19. That's the purple and scarlet prophecy. So we're going to go verse by verse, the purple and scarlet prophecy. The Bible says, come out from among her so you will not partake of her plagues. So I'm excited to get to the purple and scarlet prophecy. We're going to be continuing our discussion and analysis of the book of Revelation, specifically the seven plagues prophecy uh, on Thursday as well as next Sunday. Then in August, we'll be going to the purple and scarlet prophecy. In September, we'll be talking about the millennial reign prophecy. In uh, in October, we'll be talking about Am I getting that right? Yeah, September. the, And then we'll be talking about the dead judge prophecy and finally the new earth prophecy in December. The dead judge prophecy in November and the new earth prophecy in December. Yes, I think I got that right. So we're going all in order. If you have a prayer request, If you would share that with me, I would love to get to pray with you and for you. We're going to be continuing our discussion and analysis on Thursday. I don't see any hands raised at this time, so I think we are coming to an end. Before we do that, though, I want to pray a special prayer uh, for you. The book of Revelation chapter 1 says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. So, friend and truth seeker, I declare and decree according to the word of God that you are blessed because you have listened to the book of Revelation and you obey what it says. And if you haven't done so yet, I encourage you, Call out to God. He promises, he promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.